The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is the Connection Sports Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson County. Here's your host, Joel Klinger. Hello and welcome to the Connection Sports Podcast. This is the first episode of the Robertson County Podcast that will cover all of the area schools um, and everything you need to know. Uh, my name is Joel Klinger. I am the sports reporter for the Robertson County Connection um, with Main Street Preps. And um, I'm really excited today to bring you guys some more information and a new way of doing that. Um, so basically this week, we are just going to talk to Greenbrier head coach, John Elmore. We're going to talk about his team, um, the talent on his team, um, the matchup with Springfield this Friday night and what that rivalry means. Um, but we're also going to talk about his new realignment, which is something that is pretty common with teams this season. Um, we're also going to look at um, a huge game on Tuesday between Joe Burns and, and White House Heritage in the, on the volleyball court. Um, that happened, and White House Heritage would manage to pull out a big win, um, and we'll preview week one's games. Um, so without further ado, I want to introduce Greenbrier head coach John Elmore. Again, we talked about his team and things going on with his team this week. Um, and I want to pay special attention to the end where we talk about the Pitt Carroll Trophy and what that means and um, what it represents and how how much it means to both schools. Um, so without further ado, my interview with Greenbrier head coach John Elmore. <laughs> Coach, welcome in to the podcast. I'm very excited for to be with you today and talk about your team and uh, the season moving forward. Um, you know, this year is obviously in a little better shape than last year. You know, you missed basically the whole offseason last year due to COVID, and we're still dealing with it today, and possibly you're going to have cancellations or things like that. But in terms of being able to have a full offseason with your guys, um, you know what? What is the benefits of what are benefits of having that time, and how have they responded? You know, what's their energy like? It, to have all, to have them all at the same time has been just you know just obviously so much better than the previous summer. You know, we had to split them up last summer, summer twenty twenty. You know, go an hour and a half. Normally in June and July, we go try to go about three hours with the entire team. Well, we're having to split that up. And just you had to temperatures and asking questions and all that the year before. This year it was, you know, took care of that early and then just got to work. And then having the full time with the entire team there had just it's made all the difference in the world. The I think the the players have enjoyed being together. I think they have appreciated it more than what what they realized they, you know, what they actually missed. For sure. I feel like sometimes you don't really know what you're missing until it's gone. Exactly. You know, and uh you know, uh, talking to you you're running a new offense this year. You're running the wing tee, um, and you are very excited about that. And a lot of a lot of young people may not know the wing tee. They may not understand, you know, what it is, and because they don't see it, it's all about spread offense and speed and throwing the ball. Wing tee is like we're gonna line up in front of you and we're gonna beat you, you know. And you know, can you talk a little bit about the wing tee offense? Why you made that decision, and what actively excites you about running that type of offense? Well, when when I came here as assistant coach in 1998, uh, Coach Kirk Williams had been the offense coordinator at Springfield and came in as head coach. He brought the wing tee with him because Springfield was running the wing tee at the time. And so just um, 
learn that system. Uh, you're able to take, you know, your guards don't have to be six foot three, 285 pounds. You know, they're smaller guys. A lot of times your guards in the wing tee are fullbacks that aren't as good as run, at running the ball, but they, they can move, they can get out and get their blocks. Uh, it has a lot of good angles uh, for your blocking. Uh, just And then just the having, if you want to, um, with your basic wing tee formation, four backs in the backfield. So it's a lot of motion. Uh, if they do a good job with their fakes, it's hard to find the ball. So and and it, I think one of the big things that people think when they hear wing T is, oh, we're going to run buck sweep, buck trap, and belly lead ninety nine percent of the time. Which there is so much you can do. You can break the formations. And actually, I call us a, a multiple wing T. We're going to line up in your traditional wing T formations, but then we're going to be in shotgun wing T. We're going to get in trips. Uh, two with two doubles formations. Our passing game is essentially uh, similar, to, uh, very similar to what we did last year. So for the players, that has been um, – they, they haven't had to learn a new passing system. Now, some of the play-action passes off of wing tee, yes, they've had to learn that. But it's, you know, I, I, it's just a, it's an offense that there's so much you can do with it. Yeah, um, and it's not something that everyone sees. You know, a lot of teams that you're going to be playing are brand new this season. And, you know, you've got obviously Pearl Cone in Nashville is, is a powerhouse program. Um, you also have teams like Tullahoma um, that are also very solid. And all, I feel like all these teams from north to south just provide a very different type of team. Um, you know, when you when you look at attacking this group of teams that you – are not super familiar with, but you know, were in the past, you know, what is your attitude going into the season to kind of face these teams and try to get your team acclimated with other t types of play that they may not have seen before? Well, and, and that's one thing about our region, um, region five, four, a right now, preseason court preseason, three of the top 10 teams are Pearl Cone, Tullahoma and Marshall County. Um, but then you get the teams Creekwood and Montgomery Central that we've been playing for several, several years. And, you know, so we're very familiar with each other. Uh, we had our coaches meeting, reach coaches meeting the other day. And, you know, we're just kind of talking about the offense we're running and, you know, things like that. And, you know, so they're running what they've been running for years. Um, so, it, you know, it's some very familiar stuff. But you're right. You know, we're talking about playing a Glencliff, our first non-region game. And then Lawrence County after that. Lawrence County is a, a wing T team. So, that would be a challenge for our defense because it's, it's, if it's not something you see all the time, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for those guys. Because if they're, like I said about the offense, if they do a good job with their fakes and hide that ball, it is tough. You've got to, you've got to let the offensive lineman take you to the ball. They because they can't they can't fake. They've got to get to where they're supposed to be. Then you know you get to uh, a pearl cone who um, you know I think made it to the quarters or semis last year. Um, played Milan who and of course Milan defeated him. Of course Milan's moved up to four A now in West Tennessee. Um, but then Hillwood, you know we've we've never played Hillwood, and uh, so, you know it's just the it, it's exciting. For me, it's exciting for our coaches, for our players, because there are so many new teams that we you know, either have never played before or it's been a long time. You know, Marshall County, we were in the same region with them up until about 2004. Uh, Pearl Cone, we were in the same region with them in the uh, somewhere until, goodness, 2008, 2009, somewhere in, somewhere in that area. So somewhat familiar with them, but it's been long enough now that it's, it's, it's brand new. Yeah, I mean – 
you think about the teams that were in your region last year, you're still technically in region four, five, eight, five, four, eight, but it's completely different. Um, Springfield moved up, White House and White House Heritage moved down. Um, and you're still in this region that has nine teams fighting for four spots. And some of them are teams that made, as you said, made deep runs last year. I mean, do you not feel like as if you've got like this short straw like in this in this situation? Like, I mean, I would be frustrated. I guess, you know, um, it is what it is. And you just have to go and put the best product on the field. But I mean, what was kind of your reaction to like seeing that, how it played out? Well, to me, the the biggest frustration was all right, when you have a team or a region as large as ours is there are going to be some good football teams that don't make the playoffs. Then you have other regions that have four and five or five teams that they're going to have one team not make the playoff. And so that, you know, and I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. This is the hand we were dealt. So we're going to try to rise up to the challenge and, and that's just the way it is. But, um, but you know, it can, when you see, you know, those small regions, and I know a lot of that has to do with geography and things like that. You know, with our region, you had, you had three Northern middle sentences, northern middle tennessee teams three metro and three southern middle tennessee teams what where are they going to go so the the natural thing i'm sure that tito list of was thinking was we have nowhere to put these other teams to go so they have to go together yeah and, and some of that's just the way it goes i guess you know right everybody's yeah. going to complain about something at some point sure you know, like, sure so um yeah you know one thing i've noticed about your team this year and something that you know a lot of people have picked up on two players on your team that have division one level talent at the next level. Um, Derek Taylor and Nathan Robertson have already gotten offers from SEC schools, power five schools. They've gone to many camps, you know, um, that's not something that Greenbrier has experienced in a long time. You know, I think you said, was it the sixties was the last time? Right. The last time we had uh, a player sign with an SEC school was Steve edging. I think it was 1961 Mississippi state. And, um, course he's in our hall of fame now so he was a fantastic player you know we've had guys um stevie Casman walked on at university of tennessee and and played some on special teams but he was a walk-on uh roger herndon played a year at vanderbilt uh, we've had guys go to tennessee tech austin p that have earned you know middle tennessee state but as far as you know what like she likes at the power five level it's been a long time yeah and i mean you've got these two guys that play both ways um and are getting looks and they have a lot of size you know Derek and Nathan are both pretty big guys and so much so that you know you guys play Derek at split end and safety but Derek told me he's getting looked at at linebacker at the next level um you know what's it like having those two guys that are able to play both ways and just uh you know kind of overpower people something that Greenbrier has has not always had um and what's it like having that talent and how does that affect the other guys on the team and your team just in general well it's it's nice having the guys with that kind of talent i mean it truly is uh, because they can do things that you know in the past may not have had players that could do at that level um but i think what they do the guys around them um when they're eight when Derek and Nathan are able to do their job, then the other guys can can flow and make plays, whether offense or defense, either one. Um, so, you know, playing alongside guys with that kind of talent, I think, you know, everybody else, you know, it, it to me it's, you know, hey, these guys are pretty good. 
let's go. Let's match that. And um, the effort, you know, it's. I, I think they've had fun out there together this year. So, you know, experiencing different things. Like I said, both guys have gone to camps literally in different parts of the country. And so getting to experience things like that. Um, you know, Paxamanis is another one that is getting some looks. They have smaller schools, but um, Austin P. you know, things like that. I mean, Ohio Valley Conference, you know, that's, that's a, a great level of football. I think what Austin P. won there. Um, conference last year or year, I guess the year before. So, you know, when you got guys that are getting looked at, you know, I, I think it helps everyone else. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that. It seems like you have a lot of solid leaders coming back. Those three that you mentioned, I, I don't want to leave out Paxton Manis because, I mean, he competed in shot put last, year, last spring. You know, the, the, he's very strong. He's very big, um, and his technique is solid. Um, you know, another guy, Braxton Laney, who's going to play both ways. Um, he played quarterback a little bit last year. He's probably going to play quarterback a little bit this year again. Um, you know, do you feel like this group coming back has experience and has – um, you know, what it takes to be a formidable opponent for, for other teams. Well, we, we did gain a lot of experience last year because, you know, Braxton did play as a sophomore. You know, Nathan as a, as a sophomore. Derek's been playing since his sophomore year. Paxton. So those guys have been through, when they were the young guys on the field, they've been through those battles. And I, I think it's toughened them up. And yeah, you hope with gaining that experience when we do go play Springfield this coming Friday and in White House the next week, and then we get into our region with Glencliff, you hope that, you know, they do rise and that gaining that experience does help us against those teams. Um, you know, the first game coming up this week, I want to talk about Springfield, you know. They, you guys have been rivals for a long time, fellow Robertson County team, um, just up the road. Um, Coach Wilson and his team have won several district championships in a row, and they they have a lot of speed, they have a lot of athleticism, um, and they've had a lot of really good athletes that have made a lot of plays for them. Um, so, you know, what is the challenge in facing an opponent like them? Um, I know you guys aren't region opponents, so, you, you know, it's there's not – as much pressure as there was last year um, but what is really the challenge with playing a team like that and, and what do they bring to the table that makes them hard to beat well not, and not only do they have you know good athletes and a lot of speed they're also very disciplined uh, I think coach Wilson does a great job with how their kids they play ball they come off low when they're on offense uh, they, they just play good fundamental football and you know and when you have good players and then they play good fundamental football they're hard to beat you know, which, I mean, they've made the Blue Cross Bowl, you know, a couple times in the last four years. And that's hard to do. I don't care what program it is. That, that's an accomplishment and uh, something, you know, that for them to be proud of. Um, but it, but it, it is a challenge. Like you said, not being a region game, you know, it, there's not the pressure of that. So, it, to me, it, the game is actually a little more fun. You know, and opening up with them now because years ago before we did get put in the same region, we opened up in week one. And when Coach Wilson and I had talked a couple of years ago, he knew, you know, felt they would be moving up to 5A. We said, well, do you want to go ahead and go back to week one? And we're like, absolutely. So, you know, it, uh, both teams are 0-0 zero, zero coming into the game. Uh, a lot of excitement. You know, so hopefully the stands will be packed, you know, Friday night. And um, it's just, you know, it, it is a challenge because, like I said, They've got good ball players, but they're well coached, and they run their schemes, and um, it's it, it's it's hard to beat them. But that's but it's supposed to be that way, you know. When you when you play good ball teams, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah, um, you know something that you guys have done for the last 
uh, nine years, I believe. Um, it's, uh, you, you and Coach Wilson have this, have a trophy in between Greenbrier and Springfield, um, and you have this rivalry that 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 fights for the Pitt Carroll Trophy. I would love for you to explain, you know, what that is, um, and you why why name it the Pitt Carroll Trophy and the meaning behind it, um, and just kind of explain why it's so special for both schools to take part in that. Sure. It's, uh, it, it truly is um, an honor to play for this trophy. It's named for Dwight Carroll, who's a Springfield alum, Springfield football player, and William Pitt, who played football at Greenbrier. They both played about the same time uh, in the mid-60s, uh, both played college ball, and then decided to join the Marine Corps. And obviously at that time, we were in the middle of the Vietnam War. Uh, they both um, were in the Marines. They went and served, and both lost their life in battle. Um, approximately about three months apart. And so I know they, um, them and a couple of other guys that had played at Greenbrier all went in at the same time, went to basic training at Paris Island. Uh, two of them um, didn't make it back, but um, William and Dwight did not. And, you know, the, the story behind them, uh, William uh, played football for a year at the University of Memphis, but it was Memphis State at the time and came back and, like I said, joined the Marine Corps. And um, he was voted uh, in his training pl- platoon the outstanding man, outstanding uh, recruit and everything, and whatever the, the proper term is for that. So he was um, just, you know, he's a great athlete, but then the discipline that the Marines instilled in you, you know, built on top of that. Uh, Dwight, of course, played at Springfield, and he was uh, – just a he's a good sized guy and a very good running back and I believe he played and I I believe I'm correcting this and I could be wrong but uh, played a year at Mississippi State uh, somebody could correct me on that if that's not true but that is what I've heard but anyway he joined at the same time and um, he was actually killed in action trying to save some other Marines and so they you know both guys were 19 20 years old you know, and it, it just, you know, the, the thought of what they sacrificed for our country, um, you know, it's been, goodness, almost, you know, over 50 years ago now that they did this. And um, it, it's such a selfless thing. In 2013, um, Coach Randy Thomas, along with some um, some others, you know, came up with this idea about a trophy between the schools to honor uh, William and Dwight. Uh, the trophy itself, it's actually a neat-looking trophy. It's a tall wooden trophy, but it's got a Vietnam-era Marine uh, combat helmet. It sits on top of it. It's got, of course, both their names, uh, the dates that they you know, were lost to us. And um, the American Legion escorts the trophy each year, either um, – to Greenbrier, to Springfield, and they come out on the field, and you know, and we talk to the boys about the the meaning of, of what it means, and then of course the winner, you know, gets to keep the trophy each year. So it's you know, it's just it, it means a lot. Um, of course, my dad, uh, Tommy Elmore, because graduated from Greenbrier, played here, but he also spent some time at Springfield, so he knew both guys. So I've grown up on stories you know, of what kind of players they were, what kind of guys they were to hang out with, things like that. Uh, Randy Thomas, who was uh, head football coach at Springfield when he won the state championship in 1993, you know, he knew both of them. So very similar to the way the players know each other now, 
they knew each other then. You know, where they were hanging out, you know, at the Branding Iron in Springfield, which is a, an old-time restaurant that, you know, those that been around know exactly, you know, what I'm talking about. It had good barbecue, good orange aid. You know, it was just one of those places. And um, But they knew each other, you know, hung out together, did, did things that teenagers did in the 60s, you know. <laughs> and um, so it's, you know, it, it means a lot to both communities. You know, I mean, it really does. Gotcha. You know, it's a great thing. And you'll be having this Friday. Um, and uh, the season is upon us. So, Coach, I want to thank you so much for being my first guest on this podcast. Sure. And I appreciate it. And uh, I will see you out there on Friday. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Coach. Again, I want to thank Coach Elmore for joining me um, and giving me his time. Uh, and this week, I mean, it's as big of a week as can get. It's week one in high school football, um, and I was so glad that he gave me 15 minutes. Um, but other teams are also playing this weekend. Um, of course, there's Greenbrier and Springfield. That is a huge game. That is a former Region 5-4A matchup. Big rivalry. Um, and, you know, it should be a good one. Greenbrier has plenty of talent um, this year, of course. But also Springfield is still Springfield. They're just a dominant program. Um, and I'm excited to be there. And I'll see who takes home that pick your trophy. Um, next up, White House Heritage is going to Allen County um, in Kentucky. And, you know, I don't really know a lot about Allen County, but that's where they'll be. White House Heritage has, you know, some skillful guys. The big question for them is their size. Can it, can it match up? Um, and, and we'll see starting this week. White House is playing host to station camp this week. And this was a this was a thing last week where um, the Sumner reporter, Zach Womble, the former Robertson County reporter, um, and I differed on picks and I picked White House and White House brought it home. Um, so hopefully White House can do it again this year. Station camp is building building a semi new program, but White House looks good so far behind Rain and Blackburn at quarterback. Um, East Robertson's going to Macon County. East Robertson's had a successful offseason. They look good. They look good in the Jamboree. Um, and we'll we'll start to see what that team will actually look like. There's a lot of hype around Cross Plains this year. Harpeth will go to Joe Burns. Um, Joe Burns defeated Harpeth in week one of last year. Um, and Ryan Dallin, senior quarterback, he'll be back. Um, and we will see how that goes. But it should be a solid game. And... It looks like Joe Burns could make another playoff, and it's been several years now where they have made the playoffs. So if they want to start on the right track, they got to beat Harpeth. Those are your week one games. Only five this week, um, and no region matchups. But again, all these teams will tell you the game is still meaningful. They can learn so much. So I'm going to be out at Springfield on Friday night. I hope you'll join me or go to some game um, and stay safe. But also, football is not the only sport that just started this week. Volleyball and girls soccer has started. I went to a couple games Tuesday night, and one game was a shocker. I went to the Joe Burns White House Heritage game on the volleyball court. And if you want to know what a marquee win sounds like, it sounds like this. That was White House Heritage taking a straight sets victory over Joe Burns. 
it's a big win for them because last year, Joe Burns did the same to them. And normally you think, well, a loss last season doesn't really carry over too much to this season. But when you talk to the coach, the players, it really stuck with them for the entire year. It really plagued them. It was on their backs. And and it felt like it wasn't just something that you say in an interview. It felt like it really did bother them. This is head coach Brandon Nyblock after the game. Coach, I mean, this early in the season to get a win like this, yeah. you know, what does that mean for your for your team? You know, could you imagine a, a better start to the year to get a straight set win over Joe Burns? Uh, no, I can't. And that's exactly the sort of start we need it. We've been craving this. Uh, just we've been we've been anticipating and just excited about this game uh, for a year now. After we lost, we lost in three to them last year. Um, it was tough for our team, um, and I, I, I know the girls have been looking forward to this game just in general, just to compete. Just to, they had a chip on their shoulder playing Joe Burns um, for a full year. That's all that they could say every now and again. Even if we'd be going into another game, they'd be still thinking about that game, and it's not a great mindset to have. Uh, going through a season worried about one game like that but they I think their mindset was warranted as in like we know we are a better team than what showed up last year there was one player in that game that had thought about that for a long time and she played absolutely phenomenally um, it was one of the best performances I've seen on a volleyball court in the last year um, and her her name's senior setter Mackenzie Gear. Um, she was all over the floor. She's she's the tallest player on her team, which would normally set her up as, as a middle or, or an outside hitter, but she's been a setter. Her combination of, of passing ability and size and quickness is, is not easily found um, in high school. And what she was able to do, you could tell she really wanted it. It seemed like there were multiple of her out there, um, and she just really wanted this badly, um, and it showed. If she can play at this level, White House Heritage could go to new heights throughout the year. I also talked to her after the game. First things first, McKenzie, I mean, Joe Burns swept you guys last year, and you come back and you sweep them back. You know, how long has this been on your mind that this is something you wanted to do? Uh, basically, all like all season after that and all preseason, I think our team works really well at like taking stuff and making it fuel us to like push harder in practice and like get better so that we can come back and like have these rematches and it went in our favor this time. You know, you're a senior this year. You had you had older players last year. You had Ashley Shores and you had Chloe Pentecost. You know, how much do you feel like, okay, it's on me to be a leader and, and try to drive this team forward as much as I can? A lot. I think that, like, being a senior, it's like it's in your hands. The program's in our hands, and I'm just trying to leave the program better than I found it. That's my goal. So we'll see how that goes. Joe Burns still expects to have a solid squad. They didn't play like themselves on Tuesday night. But also, White House Heritage looked very, very good. It's a long season. This was just the first week of the, of the year, um, and we'll see how both their seasons play out. For soccer, we have oodles of things to prepare for this year for soccer. We have a preview up online if you want to go check that out. We cover all five schools, East Robertson, Greenbrier, Springfield, White House, and White House Heritage. If you want to go to a website, you can go to MainStreetPreps.com, click on the Robertson County tab it'll send you directly to all of our robertson county sports teams all of our articles all of our images everything like that you can also find that information on the connection uh, website you can just click the sports tab and it'll send you right to that same information i am on twitter if you follow me at joel klinger msp 
I will be updating things quicker than I do with stories. So if you want a quick update of a score or a quick photo or a quick update on anything that I just can't put in a story, go ahead, give me a follow. That's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information on Robertson County. With that said, this has been the Connection Sports Podcast. Please go to our website and check out all the information. We will be here all year long, here with you, here with your sports teams, here with your players, here with your coaches, giving you in-depth perspectives that you cannot find anywhere else. So I encourage you to join us, support me as we support you, and we expect to see you out there. All right, guys, have a good one. You've been listening to the Connection Sports Podcast, covering high school sports in Robertson County with your host, Joel Klinger. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.